welcome to another episode of Younger by the Minute. I'm your host, Jamie Spicer, and I'm with my lovely co-host, Jennifer Spicer. And thank you for tuning in and listening today. So, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about a few things in my wheelhouse, which is the aesthetic arena, because we were fortunate, uh, Tammy and I, one of our other nurse injectors, was fortunate enough to go to a very hands-on in-depth training in Kansas City. And it was held by um, the Academy for Injection Anatomy. I always trip that up. But the slogan was, a fear of injections is a fear of anatomy, and that couldn't be more true. So I really wanted to focus this episode on educating the listeners about how to interview your injector and how to know what to look for when you're going to a new place to make sure that you stay safe and get great results. Perfect. And just for the listeners out there, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you and Tammy, with the education that you got, the training that you got, uh, why it's important to do that, um, which I know you'll get into, but first and foremost, like what all did you do up there? So it was actually a cadaver course um, and it was pretty freaking awesome. So we were able to go in depth on anatomy, look at slides and, and the different layers of the tissues and where you place certain fillers. And it was geared more around fillers because fillers do have a pretty high risk. And a lot of people don't realize that the face is very vascular and there's a lot of arteries in the face that supply major parts of the face. Um, there's even arteries that can go in and cause blindness or a stroke and things like that. So I don't want to get too scientific. I want to keep it more in layman's terms so people understand. And, but it's, it's just really important to know where you're placing filler to make sure that you're not putting it in an area that's actually going to cause, you know, someone's serious side effects, because I kind of joke with my clients, you know, they want certain areas of the face filled. I'm like, well, I could do it, but you know, the risk is that you could go blind and you might look good, but you're not gonna be able to see it anymore. So. Right. That's just, not an outcome we want. No, it's not right. an outcome. And it's not an outcome that I'll do. And that's, that's the biggest thing. You know, the issue with aesthetic medicine is that it's one area of medicine that, you know, is really kind of the wild west. We don't have a governing body, you know, you know, you have different boards in different areas of medicine, you know, for plastics, you have a board for plastic surgeons and things like that. So I hope with time, the that's going to change. And I know that they're working hard on it. And I think that will help kind of weed the people out that aren't going to put the time in and, and keep patients safe overall. Yeah. But, yeah. To, but to answer you, we got to inject cadavers and then dissect them. So it was uh, cross dissection and see where our filler went, see if we were safe, not safe, and then really have a really thorough understanding and a whole new respect for the anatomy. Right. I know you're a huge advocate for patient care and ongoing training and an advocate for a board of reviewers to make sure that these injectors and people getting into this side of it are on the up and up and doing things safely um, as they go on with their career. But um, so again, so you're in, like, you were injecting filler into a cadaver head yes and then you were pulling back the skin and then yes and the way that so it's it was founded by dr chris Zurich, and he's actually a plastic out of kansas city he's he's amazing and i really respect what he's trying to do for the aesthetic arena because not all plastics want nurses or pas injecting but he understands that this is the way it is and in order to keep everybody safe he he has to figure out how to do that so we were actually trained in ways that he trains his plastic residents. And so that was really cool because like I said, you know, this is 
this is not an area of medicine that's taught in the traditional academic setting like med school or nursing school. Uh, even in plastics or derms, they, they have a very limited you know, amount of exposure to their education when it comes to actually injecting. You know, yes, they do surgery and yes, they might do fat grafting and things like that, but you don't really get the same education as you would if you were doing other areas of medicine. Um, you know, they might do an evening course or study skin conditions or things like that. Right. And now this, this course isn't cheap, right? No, it, it's not cheap, but at the end of the day, neither is med school. And that's why okay. I kind of think that there needs to be a specialty like that. You know, even in school for plastics and derms, they, they're not taught rheology, which is actually, you know, rheology is the branch of physics where they study the way that materials work. So it's not even just about anatomy. You have to understand what you're putting in a certain area of the face to make sure you're getting the desired outcome or making sure that you're not putting something that won't dissolve in an area that you need it to dissolve because it could cause blindness. Right. And so like over the last two years, what do you think ballpark wise, what you've invested in yourself as far as training? Oh my gosh. Um, I don't, I really don't even know. Um, Probably upwards of 20,000, if um, not more. Right. You know, the, the fact why I asked that is because, you know, in such a, a specialty field, just kind of like with the plastic and stuff like that, when these, when people are going, like we're going to, what we're going to go into and you're interviewing per, people like that, you know, it's, I think it's very important that that injector continues to learn as they go because, you know, fillers and toxins are changing as they go. They keep coming out with new products. So, not only do they need to stay up what what they're being what's coming out with the market because yes they're getting the the basic training on it with the new stuff but i think like to fully understand what works and where it goes within the face and also to have an aesthetic eye mm -hmm. i think is really critical when you're talking to an injector that's getting ready to put things into your face right so it's twofold so an aesthetic eye you know i always say having an artistic eye is something that's usually God given and not it's, it's, can it be taught? Yes. But the ones that set themselves apart, it's just innate, you know, being able to look at something and have that detail, you know, the ability to look at detail and be a detail oriented, that is, that is something that is truly given to you by God. And, you know, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have the ability to do the due diligence to become a safe provider. And then on the flip side, you can be a very safe provider and not have their aesthetic eye, but that doesn't mean you wouldn't have a place like you'd be a great educator or a great rep because where it also falls short for people, you know, it, it's hard if you're getting into aesthetics and you want to get into aesthetics, you don't know where to go. And you know, with certain credentialing, like even if you're just, if you're an MD, you can buy anything, but you could have been in the field of podiatry forever. And you're not, you don't know anything about facial anatomy and so, or rheology, like I said. And so, you know, it's kind of set up for failure in some of the, in, like in a sense, because you can buy the product if you have the right credentialing, you don't know where to get the training. I think that social media and marketing makes it seem like it's kind of easy to do and it's not that complicated when it really is. And then on top of it, the way that you buy products is, is really kind of crazy because you know the more you buy of one brand, the more discount you get. So if you're trying to build a successful practice and you wanna buy all of one brand to get your price point down, which is just smart business, 
then you might not have the exact tools that you need for certain areas of the face that a patient may want. So you really have to sit down and learn, find a mentor and never stop learning. Because as you said, it is forever evolving. Medicine is forever evolving. We find new things out every day. Every time they do this cadaver course, Dr. Sirk says he learned something new. I mean, it's just forever evolving. So you have to stay up on it. Right. I, I, I know I've compared it this in the past is like, you know, you can go get a tattoo, right? You can get a, there's good, really, really good tattoo artists. There's one to do a decent job and there's ones that are not good at all. And it's kind of the same thing. If you're going to go get something permanently done in your body, you're kind of going to want the best of the best to do it. You know, you're going to want to know how safe the practices are. You're going to want to see their work, the previous work they've done with it. You're probably going to get some referrals from some people on what they've done. Um, again, because it's going to be some permanent ink on you for a long time. So like you were saying, just because you can inject or just because you can put ink on someone doesn't mean you're the most qualified to do it either. You know, you can eat the quality is, is going to be the key thing there. Well, yes. And honestly, just be, if they have a great social media following, or if they have great before and afters, I'll tell you the truth. Sometimes those before and afters aren't even really their patients. Now we post all of our own patients, um, I mean, we barely ever use stock photos and you'll know when it's a stock photo, but they do, they steal work from other people. Even one of our local plastic surgeons here in town has his, one of his patients before and afters on Amazon for a neck cream. I mean, it's insane. It should be illegal. There's a lot of things that I think we need with legislature to make this much safer and have much safer practice. But when you're looking for an aesthetic provider, please know that people that are allowed to inject it changes from state to state. So in certain states, RNs can inject, but in certain states, you have to be an NP. Let me tell you, there is no difference between RN, NP, and just a regular MD. I'm going to you know, exclude plastics and derm, even though the education is still a little bit minimal when it comes to that, but they are still better than, you know, like I said, a podiatrist or general practitioner, because we are not taught facial anatomy in any of those schooling. So what they did in certain states where aesthetics are much more popular, like for the state of Florida, for example, you have to be an NP or a PA, nurses can't inject. That does not do anything to change the education. So just because they might have a little bit more education in the, I guess, traditional setting doesn't mean that they actually have more education in the aesthetic setting. So that really doesn't matter. So make sure that you ask questions on like how long they've been injecting, ask them for their credentials, ask them, you know, how much they put into education. And then a really big question to ask is to make sure that they have all the tools they need to handle a complication or a side effect. You know, there are people that go around and inject hyaluronic acid filler into the face and don't even have Hyalinex or the enzyme to dissolve the hyaluronic acid filler. So if you were to get a vascular occlusion, which is filler that's in or compressing a vessel or even causing a little bit of a vasospasm or even just whatever, it's, it's actually causing decreased oxygen because it's decreased blood flow to the tissue. You have to make sure that they know how to handle it and then make sure, you know, informed consent means that the provider has sat down with you and reviewed all potential risks. If they don't explain it to you and don't have a conversation with you, or if you're at a party and you've been drinking, that is not informed consent and it's actually illegal. And honestly, um, since we're in the state of Missouri, I just want to make it very clear that if you're having a nurse inject you at a party and you haven't been seen in an office, that is also illegal. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of these Botox parties and stuff like that. It, so, you know, I know I've seen like severely discounted pricing on this stuff. Correct. Right. And 
I mean, I know because we own the business together, like one of the probably the only ways they can really kind of do that, get that price point down so low is diluting the product down. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is the, the the client is having to get injected more frequently, right? More frequently, which means more exposure to, you know, the active ingredient. And you don't want to be injected too many, like you don't, you want to follow the profile that the vendors created because they're there for a reason. So, you know, people think, well, people have heard that you can become immune to Botox, really what they're saying. And it, honestly, it really only happens in therapeutic dosing. But what they're saying is, is that with two, you know, after a period of time, it's almost like to use an analogy, like getting a vaccine, you're getting antibodies to it. So you, you want to make sure that you're getting dosed correctly, that they're reconstituting it correctly, that you're not going, you know, before it's been 90 days or three months. Um, you know, some people do wear off a little sooner, but you really want to stick to the protocol that's written by the manufacturers because they do have a lot of scientists and doctors and stuff behind that. I, I think I've heard you say before too, that it's probably, it's important to make sure they're diluting it down in front of you. So you know exactly the brand that they're using. No, I, I, I don't believe in that mm. because that would be impossible because right. they're hundred unit vials. Right. Um, but make sure they have the bo- the bottle. You could ask them to see the bottle, but you know, here I don't always dilute because some patients only need 20 units and I can't gotcha. physically, right. but you know, you want to make sure they can false advertise. I mean, it is actually illegal to put the word Botox. If you're not using Botox in an ad, um, you could actually be sued by Allergan. If they'll follow through with that, I don't know. Um, it's been right. kind of something I've been hoping would happen here right. locally, but yes, I mean, there's a lot of false advertisement going on. Right. And then, you know, I think also, I think people kind of get a bad taste because, you know, they, they go and spend two or $300 on something that's only going to last them a month and they're not realizing that it was diluted down. Then that kind of taints the, the, the industry because they're like, I'm not going to spend this kind of money on a monthly basis when actually they shouldn't be spending that kind of money on a monthly basis because it should be lasting 60, 90 days, all based on how, fast the person metabolizes, how well do they take care of their skin? Right. You know, um, do they work out? You know, there's, there's factors that why someone might burn through things faster, like you said, but for those that are, they're tainting the industry because they're trying to make a bigger profit and diluted profit and diluting down the product. I mean, it's, they're, they're basically causing distrust within not only their clients, but across the board. Absolutely. And honestly, it's on, in my opinion, a poor business model, because if you just dose them correctly, yes, it would be more at the the visit, but you're making more money at the visit. And then three months that patient's going to come back and it's all about establishing trust. So, you know, yeah, it's doing the entire industry a disservice and I'm sorry, but no one can learn how to inject a person and be well-equipped to be on their own and one day or doing one injection on one model, um, especially when it comes to fillers. I mean, yes, there are side effects that can happen with, with neurotoxin, like a dropped eyebrow or a dropped lid or an undesired result like Spock brow or anything like that. But that's where it really needs to be viewed, you know, something as where art meets science, because the face is an art and everybody's musculature is different. So people think that Botox is pretty simple when in fact, on most patients, it's not because once you start to paralyze one area, another area is going to take over. And you really have to understand how, you know, what you're looking at when the person animates and sit and have a good consultation and and watch them because everybody moves differently when they talk on their own versus on command. And then when you're doing fillers, I mean, there, there's just, there's a lot that can happen. I mean, it's just, it's mind blowing to me. And I know that, you know, there's been people here locally that have had 
radius, which is calcium based injected into the lips, which is not supposed to happen. And they've had to have surgery to remove it, you know, and there's just, there's a lot, there's biofilms that they can, that can happen. There is a, an injector in Tennessee just had an allergic reaction, um, you know, the, to something and that can happen. It can happen with having COVID or exposure to COVID all of a sudden the body starts to have an immunological response. And again, I go back to, does the provider know how to handle the situation? Because it's actually unethical to do something on a patient and not know how to, how to help them, you know, and with plastic surgeons, they have to have a way to fix everything that they deal with. Right. Um, to talk about, I know some tips or things that you, you will not inject a client like before they, like how, what's the time frame when they fly? So for filler, they need to be, you know, local for at least 48 hours because that's how long it could take for something to occur. You know, sometimes vascular occlusion just looks like a really bad bruise and the patient might not even complain for a while, but you know, that's why follow-up is really important. You know, I'm, I still follow up on my patients. I mean, I was texting someone this morning. It's just, you have to really, and that's how you learn, you know, and everybody's different. You know, we have a friend that came in and got neurotoxin and he had a very strong face and he has severe sleep wrinkles. And by freezing his forehead, now those are more prominent because there's a lack of tension pulling that skin taut. And, you know, we have to talk about whether he likes that or not. I mean, there's just, you learn from every single patient if you're willing to learn and you have to put yourself in it. I mean, I know you see me and the staff sees me. I am listening to something every day. I'm reading something all the time, but it's my passion. I, I absolutely love it. And so when you love something, you will put the time and the money into it. Right. And so to kind of clarify with the flight thing, the reason you don't want them to fly with like a filler, is because if they have a vascular occlusion, they need to be local so you can fix it. Yeah, because it's honestly you know, negligent for me to not be able to do it. And I can tell you right now, there is not a single emergency room in this country that has Hylinex on board. And when we're talking about vascular occlusions, you know, having an ultrasound, we know we Doppler and we've been Dopplering, but I'm very excited to say that we're getting an ultrasound because when we ultrasound, you can actually see the tissues, you can locate the filler, and then you can see the blood flow. Like we could literally do ultrasound guided injections, or if they, we ever do get a vascular occlusion or if someone else's patient gets a vascular occlusion, we can step in and help them much faster. And that's going to help the integrity of the skin and get that patient start to start healing and reverse it quicker. Right. I think you had talked about that, uh, what you, it's something you learned in that course that you took about an area to inject around the temple yeah. that you could literally go almost right into the brain because. Yeah, you can go into the dura and someone has with Sculptra hmm. and luckily the patient resolved. But I mean, that's got to be really scary. I mean, that's, it's so scary to me. It gives me chills even talking about it right now because it's like, you know, I mean, there's no joke. There's also a vessel up in that area that's called the blindness vessel. So you have to really know your anatomy and that I would say temples are a very, very advanced technique. Temples, tear troughs, you know, I watch people inject nasolabial folds on the internet and I, I cringe, you know, Dr. Sirk said it good. He's like, there are there are certain areas of the face that will always make his butthole pucker. And I'm sorry, but there that once you lose that, that's when you need to be scared. If you no longer respect to have a, like a healthy fear of the anatomy and respect it, you need to probably stop. Well, that's it. when you're going to get burned Yeah, real quick. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's again, kind of using the tattoo tattoo thing again. I don't think anybody would be too willing just to jump into a chair of anybody who does ink and have a permanent tattoo thrown on them. Um, you know, just at a house party or something like that, not knowing anything about it. So what I'm saying is like, 
people will do more research and and look more into a, a tattoo artist than sometimes when they're looking into the injector who's sticking things into their face, which could cause them to go blind, could cause their nose to fall off. Yeah, it could cause permanent damage to the tissues. Right. So, you know, again, kind of coming back to education and thinking about this, people, you need to do your homework, you know, ask, ask the hard questions, know who's sticking things into your face, interview them intensely. So therefore you don't end up with a complication and you end up being one of those horror stories. Well, and I want to be very clear, even the best injectors have complications. They say it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, which scares the living daylights out of me, but I also have peace in knowing, okay, we're going to get this ultrasound. We always have 24 vials of Hylinex. I have people I can call. I have always had a plan. We have an emergency kit here because everybody's anatomy is different. And you know what? Things do happen. It can happen. It does happen. It's happened to the best of the best. So, you know, if it were to ever happen to a patient, I want them to know that it's not because that provider was negligent. Now, if it is someone that doesn't know what they're doing and hasn't respected the anatomy and it happens, then that's a completely different story, but it can happen. I mean, just like with surgeries, complications happen. The variable is always the human being. Correct. But the key point there on that is, is we have an emergency protocol. Right. We have a link to a hyperbaric chamber. We have the Hylonex. We have a plastic so surgeon on call. Yeah. You know, we, we have the right doctors in play that no matter what circumstances might occur, you have an emergency plan to address that situation immediately. Right. That is a big difference between someone who does not have that emergency plan and they're spending hours and hours and hours trying to figure out what to do on that situation while this patient is dealing with an issue or, that, that's a big or, difference or they won't even deal with it I mean, Correct. sometimes they don't even have what it takes and so it's just really important to make sure you know what's happening and please don't group on or discount your face it's your face it's very important it is an investment if it's important to you you will figure it out but it's going to be a lot more expensive to fix or reverse like even bad work like i have people come in with lip filler that has to be dissolved they're now spending even more money if they had just spent a couple hundred extra dollars in the beginning now they're doubling what their investment was right. well i mean here's the fact there's a there's an industry standard on price across the board mm -hmm. now yes there are certain practices that buy in bigger bulk and they can get a little bit bigger profit margin based on what they buy but across the board they're pretty much about the same price per unit. If you are seeing something that is significantly lower, that should raise a red flag. And I'm going to give an example again. If you go to Chevy and you go to buy a car, whatever car it is, and across the board, all these Chevy dealers are 25, 30, say $30,000 for the car. And you come across one Chevy dealer for the exact same car model options and everything. And all of a sudden they're advertising it for 18 grand. You're going to go, why is this car 18 right. grand and no other one's 30? Right. If you're not having that same thought process mm -hmm. when it comes to what you're spending money on in your face, you really need to think again about you get what you pay for and you're going to pay more in the long run because you want the cheap route. Right. And I, I again, I want to remind everybody, do not shop around for your face. Ask the questions. Don't go off social media following. Now, granted, I'm not saying that because my following could be better, but um, just just be careful and do your homework. Interview them you, like you would any other doctor. Perfect. All right. So that's our education today on how to um, appropriately interview your injector. Mm -hmm. We hope you learn some tips and tricks again through what we're talking about. We appreciate you listening to another episode of Younger by the Minute. And I'm your host, Jamie Spicer. 
And I'm Jennifer Spizer, and I want you to stay tuned for our videos on Precision Fitness and MedSpa because we'll be doing some live uh, ultrasound guided injections. And um, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. I'd be happy to answer any of them. So and you're at? The Jennifer Spizer. And I'm the Jamie Spizer. Thank you for listening. And just remember, you only have one face. Hey!